Welcome back to another live edition of the Fat Boys Dynasty podcast hosted by the Fantasy Holics Podcast Network. Uh, if you're wondering uh, how you can come see us and hang out with us live, we are on the Fantasy Holics Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, so definitely jump over there and uh, throw that YouTube uh, channel a like. Uh, and you can see us fat boys when we go live. You get a notification every every time we go live on a Monday. Uh, and here we are, Brant. We're back with the folks this week. Last week we did some guys that we kind of wanted to buy uh, on in Dynasty Leagues. This this week we're kind of coming at you on, on a, the other side of that coin with guys that we're, we're, we're looking to unload this offseason. Um, guys we don't want to have on our rosters moving into uh, the 2023 NFL season. Uh, Brant, I know that uh, uh, you and I wanted to let the people know ahead of time, too, that we are having some technical difficulties with the program right now. Um, so if either one of Brant or myself end up getting kicked off, uh, the other one of us will truck through the episode the best we can to try to get this content out to you guys. Uh, and hopefully we get it resolved by next Monday. Um, so, Brant, do you want to go ahead and kick us off with your first player to sell? Yeah, my first player is real simple. When, when we talk about sell, the first player that comes to mind is Jamal Williams for me. Uh, the man had an outstanding 2022 season, broke the Detroit Lions um, record for touchdowns in a season. That's all That's all fine, but that's all going with Swift missing time. And then, you know, Craig Reynolds as, as the only other running back really there. Jamal Williams, even if he stays in Detroit, I do believe he's a free agent this year. But even if he stays in Detroit, I expect a – drastic regression from him he's uh 27 or 28 years old um he's never he's never finished in the top 35 of running backs except for last year and then in 2017 he snuck in there i think he was like 28 um so he's never been a consistent guy this is a guy that's going to shoot up draft boards because everyone's going to see the stats he finished his rb 13 last year with all those touchdowns this is a guy that's almost an instant sell for me his his value will never be higher to uh, sell um, in dynasty leagues, uh, you could probably even get a second round draft pick out of him, which gets what you're getting. I'm actually extremely excited because I don't see him putting up RB1, RB2 numbers in the years to come. Uh, we, we know the hype about Swift, we know how good Swift can be when he is healthy and how explosive he can be. And I expect that Detroit Lions offense to be explosive, and they're going to put the more explosive guy in the backfield. Um, I don't expect his, what was it, 22, 23 touchdowns this year. I do not expect that to uh, happen again anytime in, in the rest of his career. So this guy's almost an instant sell for me. Or uh, he's almost on my do not draft list because I have a feeling he's going to be a top five, top six round running back next year. Yeah, and obviously, Brant, I think uh, when, with Jamal Williams, there is a lot of value, again, if you can get him similarly to where you got him last year. You know, last year he was an afterthought in a lot of drafts, 12th, 13th, 14th round handcuffed to DeAndre Swift or, you know, just a late late running back for those people who go zero running backs. Uh, and he was great at that value. But I do agree with you. I think the value is uh, too high at this point uh, for what his production should be next year. Like you said, I think I like Swift to take over that back lead role again in that backfield. Uh, you know, I know a lot of a lot of times on the Sunday morning lives, you and I were, uh, you know, waiting to see that 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 role come back for Swift. And it just never happened, which, again, a lot of that led to uh, Jamal Williams success this year. But the fact that he scored as many touchdowns as he did and didn't crack RB1 really speaks volumes um, to to what you're getting there with Jamal Williams. So touchdown equity saved him a lot this year. But in the future, um, I, I do think that you're right with Swift. And, and that's another thing I wanted to address, too, is. Um, 
you know, especially if you're getting, if you're newer to the dynasty uh, landscape, maybe, you know, this last season was your first one in it. Um, there, there is kind of a golden rule when you get up to a certain age group with running backs and a certain age group with wide receivers. Uh, and, and that's, there's really a, a window to sell. And, you know, sometimes you sell a player a year too early and it stings because you watch that player, uh, you know, blow up again. Um, but I'd rather get primo value for some of these guys than sell them a year too late uh, when the value diminishes. And right now is, is that time for, for Jamal Williams. I, now, Brand, I know you have a couple wide receivers you're going to talk about. Uh, I went a little bit different direction here. I, all of my cells this week are going to be guys that are, are at the running back position. Uh, they're all going to have a lot of things in common as far as their age. And honestly, all of them have been top running backs in the past. Um, so, you know, again, I think it just goes to show, especially with running backs, their, their shelf life seems to be so short. Uh, and in Dynasty, you almost got to get them and own them for their glory years of their their rookie deal and then get rid of them shortly after because um, – you know, you don't get a lot of, you know, 20 touchdown seasons out of a guy like Jamal Williams uh, this late in his career. So Jamal Williams is a, is a heck of a guy. He's very likable, um, but that likable doesn't put up a whole lot of fantasy points. So I agree with you, Brant. Um, my first guy that I want to talk about, I'm going to save the, the, the other two for later because they, they have, they're more current uh, common themes with each other. But the first running back I'm looking to get rid of this year is Aaron Jones. Now, again, I, all three of these names are going to be that I talk about are going to be names that are, are guys that have been top five running backs in dynasty PPR formats in the past. Um, but Aaron Jones, he's, he's 28 years of age. Um, he will be, I believe, 29 during the season next year. Um, and let's talk about that Green Bay Packers team for a minute, because, you know, we saw Devontae Adams leave last year. Brent, I know you and I were real high on what Aaron Jones's value was going to be this year. Um, and he did have some very good games, but he also had a lot of stinkers this year. Um, we all, we thought he'd catch a lot more passes than he did. And the writing seems to be on the wall that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers seems to be out. You know, Devontae's recruiting him heavily to the Raiders. Um, the Jets are supposedly linked with him as well. So, um, if you if you see Aaron Rodgers leave this team, I could see you know Aaron Jones being a guy that uh, is put to pasture, if you will. Um, again, with him being twenty eight uh, years of age, in the last five games of the season, he only had fifty percent of the snap twice. Uh, in in that span, AJ Dillon had it three times uh, in the games that uh, Aaron Jones did not. And then it, over the entire course of the season, Aaron Jones only four times that he go over seventy percent of a snap share. Now, when you talk about a, a running back that you think is going to have somewhat of a bell cow role, they have to have more than 70% of the snap every week of the year for them to do that. So I think Aaron Jones's value is going to go down a little bit uh, in redraft formats and, and dynasty startups anyway. But if this is a guy that you're clinging to in a dynasty league um, and maybe you don't, if you have A.J. Dillon on your team, maybe you can go into this year and see what happens. Um, but if, if I don't have A.J. Dillon, I'm looking to unload Aaron Jones and just see what I can get for him. Um, you know, expectations aren't super high. Again, with him being a 28-year-old um, running back in a, in a dynasty format, there's not going to be a ton of value out there. But again, uh, you know, draft picks are always nice to accumulate. Um, you know, maybe a younger, you know, wide receiver that's still really yet to break onto the scene. Um, this is a guy that I'm looking to get what I can for at this point. And it's, it's not going to be a lot because – Honestly, the, the year to have sold him would have been going into last or, or last offseason, going into last season. Um, probably would have been peak value for Aaron Jones. Now you're on an uphill battle, but still one I'm looking to get out of. Yeah, absolutely. And, and with the young running back of A.J. Dillon still hanging around around there, um, that, that's going to cut into his load. Um, and I expect Green Bay to go, uh, to go young, very, very young this uh 
this next uh, season if Rodgers is out the door. So I expect Dylan and um, uh, Jordan Love to be the takeover of the backfield. Um, so I would expect Aaron Jones' value to uh, be roughly what it was in those last five games, which wasn't all the greatest. Absolutely, yeah. Again, if A.J. Dillon wasn't on the current roster and hadn't looked as good as he had um, at, at different points of the season, I could see myself not wanting to get rid of Aaron Jones um, with the transition to a new quarterback, but it just too, makes too much sense with, with A.J. Dillon already there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to talk about the uh, wide receiver that I have on mine, um, and that's uh, that's uh, Christian Kirk of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we may have lost Brant here. Um, it, it looks like uh, he, he's he maybe lost here again. I said we were having some some problems with the program. Uh, so without skipping a beat, let me let me jump into another one of my guys and see if we can get him back here. Um, so I've got uh, Joe Mixon is another one of my guys that I'm looking to get rid of. So obviously we've had all the legal issue news um, kind of break onto the scene with, with uh, Joe Mixon here as of late. Um, you know, he's 26 years of age right now, and he's kind of going, he's going to be at 27 at the start of the season. 27 is really the age where I'm comfortable getting rid of a, of a running back in a dynasty format. Uh, and Joe Mixon's had some legal issues in his in his career already. If you look back at, at his time in college, um, and then this stuff right now, I know the charges were dropped, but um, you know the the statistics and the, the logistics behind what happened recently don't sound great. Um, but anyway, uh, Joe Mixon did have a, a little injury this year. He had a couple of really good games. If you remember that fifty point explosion he had uh, midway through the season, but. Um, you know, Joe Mixon, um, after week 11, when he got injured, he only saw over 60% of the snaps one time after that. Um, and a lot of that had to do with how good Samaj P. Ryan looked uh, in his absence. Um, and, um, you know, uh, that, that, that obviously weighs into it. Now, again, with the Bengals, uh, Joe Mixon was already being talked about being a possible cut coming into this year because of the cap saving space. Um, and, um, you know, he he very well could be a camp cut anyway, and I'm not sure you see him get rostered. So if you're a Joe Mixon owner in a dynasty format and you can sell him um, at this point and, um, you know, get some kind of value from him, I think you absolutely have to do that. So, again, I'm not sure what the value will be like for a guy like him um, because um, – he again he's got the legal issues he's already at that age um but maybe maybe you have somebody who you know is willing to take that shot on him um and you can unload him um i think i'm going to try to get brant back on potentially on a, a a phone call so he may be on speakerphone um and and see if we can get him back to the podcast that way um if not i will wrap this up with my last guy so i've i've got I've got Brant calling me right now, so I'm going to go ahead and put him on speakerphone so he can go ahead and hit you with his Christian Kirk take. Brant, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. All right, so if you want to go ahead and walk these people through, I've got you on speakerphone here. I can hear you crystal clear if you want to walk them through your Christian Kirk take. All right, so with Christian Kirk of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I mean, he's going into uh, his second season there, but he went into 2022 as uh, one of the most hyped guys going in, and he kind of lived up to that. He finished, you know, right outside or right inside the wide receiver one. I think he finished number 12 on the season um, in most leagues. 
but uh, there's a guy coming in that's nice, uh, nice and young. Um, had two years rest on him now, and that's uh, Calvin Ridley. So your time to get out of Christian Kirk right now is uh, is now before um, anyone starts thinking about Calvin Ridley. I know I know you firsthand, Bo, know a lot about Calvin Ridley. You've watched him since he was a rookie there, and probably before that. Um, you know, over there in Alabama, but Calvin Ridley's going to cut into his touchdowns. He's going to be the new number one there. He's his skill set, his route running is is just so phenomenal that that's going to cut into Christian Kirk. Now, Christian Kirk did thrive in um, Arizona in the slot, which may end up helping him out a lot or a little bit. But uh, I don't know how uh, how well it's going to help him with uh, Calvin Ridley there. Um, and I don't know if Trevor Lawrence can sustain two uh, wide receiver twos there in that offense for the entire year. Yeah, and, and Brant, we did see Christian Kirk kind of be hit or miss this year anyway. I mean, it started out the beginning of the season that Christian Kirk was the guy, um, you know, made a lot of people look really silly that made fun of how much money he got paid by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the offseason. Um, but then there was weeks where it was Christian Kirk was irrelevant and Zay Jones was the man. Um, so I know a lot of that Jacksonville offense had a lot of people questioning themselves. And then there was another, there are several other weeks where it was, you know, the Evan Ingram show and everybody else can just get table scraps. Um, so I, you know, I, I tend to agree with you, Brian. I have to think that uh, if I was to own stake in one of those pass catchers next year, I'd want it to be Calvin Ridley. Um, and the rest I would enter at my own risk or own at my own risk. Yeah, absolutely. That's that, that that's going to be one of the biggest things. And uh, like you said, with Evan Ingram and everyone else sitting there, that uh, it's uh, it's definitely going to be a uh, a uh, wide wide receiver group that, that's going to be hit or miss. Uh, and I, like you said, I, I definitely would be more comfortable owning Calvin Ridley because I know what he is capable of as a wide receiver one. And and obviously they believe a lot in him going out and trading for him when he was uh, suspended. Yeah. So, Brand, I think you and I are both in agreement that. Uh, if I had to pick a, a pass catcher on the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would bet the farm on Calvin Ridley. Yes. Uh, and just hope that Calvin Ridley isn't betting the farm on himself. Correct. That is absolutely correct. And, and Brant, while you were gone, um, I did, we did go over uh, uh, Joe Mixon a little bit. I talked about how, you know, Joe Mixon was a guy I'd like to sell base. Talked about how he only had 60% of the snap after his injury and how he's going to be 27 at the start of the season and, and, and the legal issues staring him down. Um, what, what's your, what's your take on Joe Mixon going into next year? Well, as a Mixon owner, I'm absolutely trying to get out of him. I know I've talked about it mostly uh, during this year, even with the uh, great year that he did put up this year. I talked about wanting to get out of him um, uh, as soon as this offseason hit, and that was before the legal issue. So definitely uh, he's hitting that uh, window that we like to call that uh, running back cell window, uh, which is normally, you know, 26, 27 years old. And uh, with the way that offense is going, um, it's, I, I feel like they're not going to um, lean as much on a bell back with the way Samaj P. Ryan uh, performed when Mixon was down. And so I, I expect um, I expect that to turn more into a committee. And I still think it's more of Mixon for maybe a year or two. But I expect that backfield to be more of a committee. And I don't expect Mixon to be hanging RB1 numbers uh, next season. Um, so, yeah, th- th- right now his trade value is the highest it's probably going to be. What What do you think about the, you know, the lot? there was a lot of talk out of that Cincinnati media and stuff that, that Joe Mixon may have been a, a cap casualty um, going into this offseason anyway. Do you think that now with the, the legal issues in front of them, do you think that makes it easier for Cincinnati to part ways with him? Uh, and then maybe they look to draft somebody or, or um, you know, a, a younger running back or something, or maybe sign one of these guys free agent-wise cheap. 
Um, you know, since they are a Super Bowl contending team, um, you know, it, it wouldn't sh shock me to see them go after a guy like maybe an Alexander Madison or, you know, somebody of that caliber. Do, do you think there's anything to read into the cap cut? I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially with legal issues, if that comes out during the offseason that, that he's going to be facing some type of suspension or anything else or, or that it's going to be a lingering thing, um, I definitely could see him being a cap casualty. And what stops him from uh, re-signing Samaj P. Ryan, who performed just fine uh, behind that offensive line and, you know, makes his absence and saving themselves a little money because, well, Samaj has only been a starter or a full three down work back whenever uh, Mixon's healthy or not healthy. So yeah, they, he may be the cheapest option for him and that may be the best thing for him. Um, it's just re-signing uh, Samaje and cutting uh, Joe Mixon this offseason. Yeah. And it, again, Samaje already knows the offense. He already showed that he's capable of, of shouldering the load and Mixon's absence. And another thing that I thought was really intriguing was uh, in that winner go home playoff game uh, against the Kansas city chiefs, um, the Bengals, Get, gave the ball to Samaj P. Ryan and had him on the field more than Joe Mixon in a winner, winner go home situation. So I, I think it shows that the Bengals are fairly confident in Samaj, which again makes it, in my opinion, a little easier to be out on a guy like Joe Mixon, who again I know it's not comfortable um, because of how good he's been in the past and what he's able to do on the football field. Um, but again, the name of the game is selling these guys before it's too late. Yeah, absolutely. Mixon, Mixon's a guy that that you definitely want to. Uh be right um, on selling them because if, if you miss it by a year, you you could be sitting there staring down and only getting a third round draft pick or or some low value for them if you, if you wait too long on Joe Mixon because his age is going to be another thing that's going to play into a factor. Absolutely, Brant. Um, so I'm going to hit hit you guys with our with my last running back, and then I'll turn this back over to Brant to get his his last guy out. Um, again, I, this is another one, a guy that you know he's been a league winner for people in, in years past. He's got you know one of the most uber talented backs in, in football, uh, but very similar to Joe Mixon has some off field issues um, from a couple of years ago, and that's Alvin Kamara. Again, 27 years of age. That's that 27 is really that golden number. Tail into 26, 27 is where I really look to, to offload some of these running backs in a dynasty format who are not named Derrick Henry just because of what Derrick Henry's done since that that age of, of his career. But um, if, if you look at Alvin Kamara, again, there, there, there's been so many rumblings that, you know, everything got pushed back because the courts were so behind. And, you know, if he was going to get a suspension, it wasn't going to happen until the 2023 season. Well, we're getting ready to enter, enter the 2023 season. The Saints are in um, cap space hell, uh, for lack of better words. Um, and this is another player that I'm just nervous about going into the offseason and, and, and rostering um, for a full offseason in, in hopes that he plays next year. Um, this was Alvin Kamara's worst um, statistical season of his career. Um, he finished his, his running back 16 in PPR formats, which again was by far his worst um, finish of his career. And, and a lot of part of that was because he had a massive, massive, massive touchdown regression. He only had four total touchdowns this year. Um, now, I'm not saying that even if he gets a four-game suspension or a five-game or six-game, whatever suspension he may get, he may not get any. Um, if he if he is rostered in New Orleans next year, I would expect him to have more than four touchdowns, especially considering his lowest previous rushing total, uh, which was two years ago. He had four total rushing touchdowns to go along with eight that year. So this is a guy who has a lot of touchdown equity, which is why he is so viable um but you know they had a new new head coach in, in dennis allen this year um again don't know who their quarterback's going to be don't know anything about what new orleans is going to be next year um but there is that chance that alvin kamara gets suspended so if this is a guy in my opinion if you can if you can 
you know, tie his past value to somebody um, and somebody wants him. This is a guy I sold him halfway through the season this year uh, and was kicking myself for it for quite a while, but I was able to get a, a first in, in the rookie draft uh, and Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers um, to replace him with, which at the time it was miserable. Um, but then Cam Akers did turn it around at the little bit at the end of the season, but I still have no regrets moving Alvin Kamara because had I have not done it then for what I got, I'd be looking at potentially getting less for him at this point. So um, definitely some, some nervous energy there with Alvin Kamara for me. How do you feel about Kamara Brandt? Kamara's another guy you can see as a camp cut, um, as a cap uh, casualty cut there. Um, uh, pending legal issues, um, new head coaching staff that's not really tied to him. Um, I know they used him last year, but they, they, they didn't use him to his, his, his capabilities of last year. Um, he's at that 27-year-old uh, threshold. Uh, Kamara is definitely a guy I think you got off of him, what would you say, halfway through last year. Yeah. So that's almost the perfect time to get away from him. Um, and I think this offseason is once again going to be another another offseason that's going to be full of drama with him. So we're not sure what we're going to see from him starting next year, too, because as far as we know, these legal issues could be, you know, pushing out. And then all of a sudden during the preseason, you're starting to see um, a younger back take over that role. And then he slowly loses his role because they know the, that that legal issues are coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, and again, um, the rest of that New Orleans Saints team is going to be in somewhat of a, a, a turnover just because of how bad the cap space is. They're going to have to try to figure out a way to get out of that. Uh, I don't expect them to have a good turnaround, you know, as a team next year record wise. So, again, their offense isn't necessarily something I want to own a huge part of. I mean, outside of maybe Chris Olave. Um, so, again, if I can get out of that offense in general um, and, and move Alvin Kamara before he becomes a cap cut or, you know, before he gets that suspension and then nobody's willing to touch him, um, the, the, you know, this is a guy that I'm definitely trying to move this offseason to anybody who's still active in my league. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, my last guy, I'm going to jump jump into him, and that's it's going to be a quarterback for us, us in the Superflex League, and uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to uh, get a lot of hype uh, this offseason as he's possibly going to be resigning with his team. Um, and it looks like he really is. And that's Geno Smith. He finished um, as as a, inside the wide receiver 12, or I think he finished as wide or being at quarterback six uh, this uh, this season. Um, but he beat, you know, look at the offense there. The offense there is a run-first offense. It always will be a run-first as long as Pete is, is part of the play calling. Uh, Kenneth Walker started to emerge. Uh, Tyler Lockett's a guy that, that – could be out the door and, and trade talks or uh, a, a cut. I know Seattle would love to keep him around, but uh, Lockett could be out the door. And then you're looking at what DK Metcalf, Drake Young, um, and and D. Eskridge, just a bunch of young guys going with Geno Smith. And, and Seattle's going to focus on upgrading that defense during free agency. So uh, that will keep Geno out of a lot of shootouts that he was in this year. And uh, it, it, We've seen what Gino really is uh, come at the end of the year where he was, you know, up and down every single game. He wasn't a great. I know he started out. It was a great story this year as a Seahawks fan. I, I kind of liked seeing it because, well, I thought we were going to have two top ten draft picks. Uh, now we wind up with one top five draft pick, and then I think we're at 15 or 20 for the next one. So, Gino, Gino's not going to come out. He's not going to ball out and hang fantasy numbers. I think he'll still help keep Seattle in football games next year, but I don't see him as being a valuable top uh, top 12 quarterback next year. Um, he, he's he's in that QB2 range for me. He's a great guy that I'll probably set my 
quarterback two and be happy with it. But he's not a guy that I'm going to be drafting to uh, in the first two or three rounds in a, in a super flex league, where, where a lot of times you may end up seeing it because in super flex leagues, those quarterbacks come flying off the board, and Gino may be one of those guys. Yeah, Brand, I, I agree too. Gino was a great story this year. I know you, you and I made a lot of jokes at, at his expense on the live as well as, as Seahawks fans in general. But, um, you know, I, I, I do think – you know, when it comes to a guy like Gino, who even if he re-signs with Seattle, um, in my mind that doesn't that doesn't mean a whole lot because they they could re-sign a guy like Gino, who's a veteran, who's been there, who's done that to to mentor a guy that they may draft this year. I know that Gino did enough, and it, and it's intriguing to put pieces together on the defense. But a lot of these mock drafters, these so, quote unquote experts, are, are are linking you guys to a quarterback if there's one there. And if that happens, then Gino becomes a one-year stopgap potentially where he's training this young quarterback up. And, again, it, it, the writing's on the wall if you, if you guys draft one. So if you can move Gino prior to the draft, his value is going to be higher um, than it will be if, if you guys do draft a quarterback in this draft, even if it's not a not a guy in the, t- in the first round. If you get a spent St- Stetson Bennett or somebody like that later, um, people are still going to be questioning it. Um, so if, if you can get rid of Geno now before the NFL draft – in a super flex format, you know, get you a, a first round rookie draft pick or, you know, a young, young wide receiver, maybe a, you know, a, a, a later uh, quarterback possibility. Maybe somebody's willing to give you like Sam Howell and a wide receiver or Sam Howell and a second round pick. Um, that's something you'd almost have to strongly consider just because of, of there, there's so many possible outcomes with Gino. And as, like you said, it's a great story. Um, but there's with with you guys having a top five pick, you know who knows. Up until that pick's taken, or you guys trade out of it, as a as a football fan, as a fantasy fan, I'm going to be somewhat nervous that there may be a new quarterback being drafted there. So um, obviously, you'd have better insight on that than I would. Uh, but that would be something that would be a, another compelling reason for me to consider moving Geno. Yeah, I expect Seattle to go uh, defense in the first round uh, and strictly defense in the first round. And, but just like you said, seeing somebody come late, I hate Hooker who's going to be recovering. Or um, I know I know there was talk prior to the end of the season of Anthony Richardson being a second-round draft pick. I know his stock has jumped dramatically. Um, so I, ex- I expect Seattle to draft a quarterback and probably with one of their two second round picks. I know, I think it is, we have five picks in top inside the top 75. I expect one of those to be a quarterback to, uh, start to rebuild our future. And, and so that, that again, then becomes a reason to consider moving Gino. I mean, again, look at Gino's track record this, this year. Uh, this season was was definitely a Cinderella story for Gino. It was amazing. You know, the the quote was, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. I mean, that's one of the greatest quotes, I think, of the season. Um, but with that being said, you still, you, you've got to hedge your bets when it comes to fantasy, especially with Dynasty. Um, and so um, definitely, definitely be willing to hear what people are willing to offer for Gino. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think that pretty well wraps up our episode this week. Again, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, definitely was a last minute thing we encountered as we were getting ready to go. We were sitting, you know, backstage before we went live talking about some things and we started noticing a little technical difficulties. And sometimes you just got to be prepared for this and roll through it. Uh, especially when you're doing a live, live, uh, podcast, there's no, uh, pause button and, uh, and hitting the restart. So we apologize for it this week. We'll be back 
next week better than better than this week. Uh, again, it's a, it's a lot worse staring at my ugly face than, than Brandt's. I, I look very pretty in comparison uh, when Brandt is on, on the screen, so I apologize to you guys for that. Uh, again, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure what what the game plan is for next week, whether we'll be back into our rookie breakdowns or you know maybe we'll maybe we'll do our, our uh, uh, an initial mock draft of these rookies. I don't know. We'll do something next week. Um, we'll talk about what that is. Um, and get that ready for you guys next week without any technical difficulties uh, is the is the game plan. So thanks for tuning in, Brant. Thanks for thanks for being quick to jump back on the the cell phone call there and and getting back on with these people. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.